this podcast will go exactly 40 minutes. And there's a really horrible reason this podcast will go exactly 40 minutes. Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. We get to do podcasts like this because of you, and we'll get to continue to do this uh, with your help sharing the podcast with people because if podcasts don't grow, they die. We get to do this with the help of partners like Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. In fact, as I'm recording this, my wife will be going to do her weigh-in. Uh, headed to 10 successful weeks. This podcast will last 40 minutes. We usually go, well, (laughs) I sometimes can't shut up. Uh, I will shut up 40 minutes into this. I have a question about, I have a series of questions, and so do you, and dear God Almighty, So do the parents in Texas. I want to start with a question for every single person who continues to wave guns around as what did this. I I don't even want to play the sound of Beta O'Rourke. And and that's not even what inspired the 40-minute cap. Because I'll kill this podcast at 40 minutes. Not not the podcast, but this episode. Um, Beta O'Rourke, of course, you saw this, decided to go campaign directly upon the bodies of dead children, standing on them with his, his, his ankles deep in blood. But it's the NRA. Uh, Everybody who says it's the inanimate object. Just taking an interaction with the CEO of Americans United for Life, Catherine Glenn Foster, and um, it's just a, a template, a cutout Democrat congressman whose name really does not matter. Just a, a template cutout simply serving the abortion industry. I want to just start my first question with this. Is candidly and openly calling for a nationwide ban on all abortions with no exceptions for rape or incest. And if I've got that wrong, I would invite Ms. Foster to correct me. Do I have it wrong? Yes or no? Um, If we added rape and incest exceptions, would you vote for it? Uh, okay, uh, I reclaim my time, of course. Uh- yes, of course he does. My question, um, if the killer in Texas had used scissors and stabbed them into the back, uh, into the, the, the uh, spinal cords of nine-month-old children, you'd defend this. How? How? If this was in service of of your industry, 
the selling of baby body parts. Uh, the heating of homes in D.C. as we played this week. If you use scissors, it'd be cool, right? Or calipers. Or acid. Be all good. And that's just the beginning. The podcast we did yesterday. I always wait a day. I think everyone should wait a day except for actual breaking news. What's going on? I didn't need to wait. I already knew. And so did you. Who the, who the killer was, not the name, but we knew. And it's being confirmed. I knew it would be. You knew it would be. My question number two is, this is great reporting uh, from the Epic Times. The 18-year-old suspect who allegedly shot and killed 19 children at a Texas school allegedly messaged a stranger saying, I'm about to, hours before Tuesday's incident. He was warning people. He was taunting people. Just as the case in Florida, Owen, Florida. Yeah. The Florida shooting. And the comparisons. Um, this young man, this murderer, is accused of shooting his grandma. We know that. A manager at a local Wendy's confirmed he'd worked at the establishment, but kept to himself mostly. What did we say yesterday? He will have been isolated. He will have had trouble forming strong bonds. He will have existed as an entity unto himself. He will have been unchurched. He likely will have been unfathered. Not sperm donor-like, but fathered. The media reached his grandpa, who said his hearts are with the, um, the families of the murdered children. That's where his heart is. I make no judgment about the man. I know nothing about him. He felt like the type, the quiet type, the one who doesn't say much. He didn't really socialize with other employees. Adrian Mendez, the manager, told CNN, he just worked, got paid, came in and got his check. And the young woman who'd worked with Ramos said he appeared to be aggressive. All right. What did we say yesterday? We said almost those exact words. When he took the guns into the school... It was 18 years later. It wasn't minutes later. When whatever initial traumas that were pressed against this kid, this man, this murderer, who I fear will rot in hell. And I... I'm very tempted to say that's exactly where he belongs, but that is God's decision to make. We are not God. 
whatever traumas caused the behaviors we're seeing and we will describe came far before he got a gun or two or three or four. It came, what, 16 years, 14 years before he walked into that school? But of course, the same people who contend that the most important thing about any human being is the shade of their skin or whether their genitalia was man-made in a horror show shop or mistakenly put on them by God or your pronoun, whether you use the proper one or the made-up ones, the same forces that trivialize human identity as anything but created by God, as anything but depth and complication and confusion and sometimes happiness and satisfaction and wonder and curiosity and intelligence and anger and spite and jealousy and experience and eyesight for many of us and sound for many of us and smell for many of us sense of taste and foods we've had and conversations we've had and books we've read and times we've cried. Those don't matter. Our prayers, no, those are just thoughts and prayers. None of that matters to the same entities that will take the last minutes of this murderer's life And not even that, not even his last minutes are the issue. It is what he carried with him. In any other case, the focus is on the actor. If he had been shot in a traffic stop, We would have heard about all the racism in Texas and that he was shot because he was Hispanic. Then the Mockingbird media would have gone straight into who was he? And then we would have heard about his troubles. And then we would have heard about the early traumas. And then we would hear about his struggles to connect. And then we would dig back into the previous 18 years because then he would be a sacred victim. Because of the need the enemy has to continue to divide this world and to drive hate into our hearts. And that is a major tactic of his. He's a thief, a liar, and a murderer. And because of the need that the party has to shake to its knees this world because they fully intend and absolutely intend 
and make no bones about their desire, their pretense to, and I'm not saying kind of, this, I'm not saying kind of, because of their actual and real intent to be our gods. Not, not, not kind of, guys. Not kind of. This is, once again, Yaval Noah Harari. And we will play clips from him from time to time. He's a key advisor to the brutally evil Klaus Schwab. This is the most shocking bit of audio. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens. Because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined to, for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. He gave that statement standing in front of an iconic picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. The same people who want to and are altering DNA the same people who want to and are injecting kids with wrong sex hormones, pumping them full of dangerous, addictive antidepressants and anti-anxiety compounds, many of which cause suicidal thoughts, murderous aggression, and are as addictive, if not more so, than fentanyl, the same ones who spent the last two years breaking brains want to redesign them. This time, though, with intelligent design. Because the other stuff, well, that's just a made-up elf in the sky. The killer... All those 18 years ago when this trauma came to him and formed him into, in those last minutes, a guy who was going to be a murderer, what was told to him about the God of the universe? Back to the Epic Times piece. And a young woman who worked with Ramos said he appeared to be aggressive. He would be very rude towards the girls sometimes and to one of the cooks, threatening them by asking, do you know who I am? 
And he would also send inappropriate texts to the ladies. The former co-worker who was not identified told the Daily Beast on condition of anonymity. Without elaborating, the female worker said at the park, there'd be videos of him trying to fight people with boxing gloves. He'd take them around with him. What did we say yesterday? We all knew him. Everybody knew him. His characteristics. When he did the murders, how long do you think it took the community to be saying, oh, I wonder if it's that guy from Wendy's. I wonder if it's that guy with the boxing gloves. I wonder if it's that kid on Instagram who, who likes to parade around his guns with threats and likes to direct message people he doesn't know and says these bizarre things to women. Do you know who I am? Wow, that takes on a very creepy spiritual question. Do you know who I am? Uh, It's a fun thing to pretend that we no longer have demonic oppression or possession. That's a fun thing to pretend. If you are a Christian, you believe in Satan because he's described in the Bible. If we believe the Bible is true, we believe Satan is true. The same is true in my understanding for the other two Abrahamic faiths. If you believe in good, you have to believe in evil. Otherwise, there is no good. It's all just one big blur. But it's the, it's the last minutes. It's that inanimate object, man. That's the thing, that inanimate, inanimate object. And, and furthermore, it's not just the inanimate objects that are now in the police evidence room, one would hope. One would hope, given the police in this case, 40 minutes this podcast will last. And then it will end this episode. You would hope that the cops have held on to the guns. It's not just his guns. It's yours. I saw a tweet and I started to write back to it. It was from a blue check, a blue check former federal agent woman. And she said, when I served... As a federal agent, the magazines for my weapons said on them property of the federal government because at that time, only federal agents were allowed to have magazines that held more than 10 rounds. Only us. Hey, what good does that do if they're not used to stop a murder? Or 18 or 19 murders. Oh, and hey, by the way, was it the words on the magazines, former officer, that stopped you from doing a shooting, from doing a school murder or a a school shooting? Was it the words or was it that you're not a murderer or that you've not had 18 years of trauma and became a brutal murderer? Oh, it was just the words or was it the badge? Maybe it was the badge. That's what stopped you. The hubris is breathtaking. And in four, three, 
two, one, 20 minutes. Now it's not that I've had too much bone frog coffee. It's really not. In fact, the coffee's a calming influence for me. Uh, I don't know if my wife did this on purpose. We had our friend um, Sherry over to the house the other day. My wife and she were bartering plants. Yeah. So my wife's, she built the greenhouse, rebuilt it from, from square one. Because me with my bad arm and me with I can't build things. My wife rebuilt our greenhouse. And so she, we had our, our friend Sherry over. And my wife and she were bartering plants back and forth. Uh, you give me this, I'll give you that. And that's kind of what we do in the parallel society of the high mountains of free America. Um, she had laid out on the counter, and I think this was a bargaining tactic. She had all of her bone frog coffee laid out. I love that so much. And as I'm going through this episode and I'm thinking about the 40 minute time cap, I'm thinking about the founder of bone frog coffee, Tim Cruikshank, 25 year Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL and the combat veteran. And Tim listens to the program. And on the back of the bags of coffee, it says God, country, team. And this morning, in fact, I'm having the Frogman roast. And this morning, in fact, I chose that on purpose because there are men and women who entered combat by choice. Well, entered the armed forces by choice. If you go into special forces or SEALs, you're saying, I want to go to combat. So Tim did that. And I'm thinking about them. And yes, the coffee is a calming influence, but it's also this. I know with every single sip, I'm supporting a company that supports the families of fallen seals. Because, of course, that's from where Tim comes. And then the excellence of it. Just He, he will never, ever give up pursuing excellence. Never, never, never gaining it. Always chasing it in everything he does, including being a family man. You get 5% off lifetime at bonefrog.us. And that's the only place you get it. That's any any of the blends, any of the roasts, uh, any of the delivery systems. Yes, they do have K-Cups. Yes, you can toss Costco out, get the Bone Frog delivered to your home. It comes with Bone Frog stickers. Uh, I love that because you go in the back of your truck and then people ask, what's Bone Frog? You can tell them it's bonefrog.us. God, country, and team. We'll come back to that team thing. We're at 2246 by my clock. The podcast will end at 40 minutes. This segment, this episode. The um, Washington Post talked to someone named Santos Valdez Jr. Told them that they'd been friends until the murderer's behavior started to deteriorate adding that the murderer was often, I should say, oh, pardon me, lawyers, the alleged murderer, the alleged murderer, adding that Ramos often um, was often bullied because of a stutter and a lisp. At one point, Valdez recalled, the murderer cut his own face with a knife just for fun. He added, he'd cut up his face with knives over and over. Another person who knew him said the murderer allegedly would shoot at strangers with a BB gun from a car. Indeed, did he? I hope they got that BB gun because that would have solved everything. And that knife that cut him, was it an assault knife? 
Maybe it was an evil knife. Maybe the knife had, tr- had suffered trauma. Did anyone ask the knife, why are you cutting the boy? He cut his face. Why would you cut your face? Self-hatred? Golly, what can cause kids to, to, to hate themselves? Hmm, sexual abuse? Will cause kids to hate themselves if they don't disclose it. Now, who would know that? What about the child psychiatrist? What about the school counselors? Well, certainly the mental health people at his church. Oh, that's right. We don't do that anymore. I wonder if his pastor took him. I haven't heard anything about his pastor. Maybe he had one. Well, no, because in fact, if he had, then the media would find that out and then they would say, oh, this, this, has, this has Christian overtones. Oh, this was, a, this was a religion. I wonder if it was, you know what, it was abortion. It was abortion. He was protesting Roe versus Wade. Then we, uh, that last, those last minutes when he, took the guns and shot his grandma and and ultimately murdered her and then began going to the school. Was that, was that during cutting his face? No, the cutting his face came a lot earlier, but everything is the inanimate object and everything is the last minutes. And all the signs that we Talked about yesterday because we knew the moment the shooting occurred. What he would have been like. There's a nation here in the United States. Well, obviously 330 million people. How many kids like this are displaying the same behaviors? How much of it will, will, will ultimately be tied to pharma? I'm guessing a bunch. Oh, and here's an inconvenience, particularly to the narrative, particularly to the separate countries of Washington State and Oregon and California. <laughs> I have to go to California. I tell you that. Alex Berenson, pointer out of inconvenient facts, writer of inconvenient books, guy who somehow has convinced himself that the same government that manipulated COVID would never manipulate elections or couldn't possibly. I do differ with Alex on that. Reminds us that high amounts of cannabis use can create psychosis. Oh, no, it can't. No, it's no, no, it's, it's better than alcohol. No, it's, 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 it's healthier than that. No, in high amounts, it's not for many people. And I'm aware of the fact that there are members of the audience who smoke the stink weed and they will tell me, hey, listen, you're way off base with that. This is why conservatives don't win elections. Uh, I'm not telling you what to do with your body. It may work for you. It doesn't for many people. Here is Berenson. Yes, there it is. The first reference to cannabis use by the um, alleged Texas murderer, the Texas elementary school killer in the New York Times. 
took 24 hours, give or take. And Mrs. Rodriguez recalled that he would often talk about how much he despised his mother and grandmother, whom he told her did not let him smoke weed or do what he wanted. The Florida murderer in that school were at 28-22, Mark. The Florida school murderer, murder schools, the murderer in that school was a heavy user of pot. And he told cops who interviewed him, he heard voices. Now, in my opinion, he may have been faking the hearing voices, but he wasn't faking the high amount of, of pot he used, cannabis. I guess because it's not just pot. Another person who shot up, um, who murdered people in Texas in a church, killed 26 people in 2017, um, had high amounts of THC in his system. Oh, he also had anti-anxiety drugs. This is, again, Berenson. A lot of heavy cannabis users wind up using Xanax or uh, Clonopin to try to tamp down their paranoia. He was the last, uh, oh, the guy who, who went and ran people down with his SUV, who was a, a black supremacist, black separatist. This happened in the Christmas parade. He was also a self-described stoner. Oh, and then Berenson points out to the, to the, points to the data in the separate country of Oregon. There's been an explosion in murders. Portland had 16 murders in 2013. The year before, the voters there approved full legalization of the stinkweed. Last year, it had 90. It's on a pace to have even more in 2022. It's gone from one of the safest medium-sized cities in the United States to one of the most dangerous. Denver has seen a similar increase. By the way, so has the separate country of Seattle and Western Washington. They have had record murders and record murders and record murders, and we're at 30 minutes and 14 seconds. But yes, 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 it's the gun. It's the last minutes. It's the gun. It's the inanimate objects. Let's not talk about the pot. That's right-wing lunacy to talk about the pot. That's a beautiful weed and everybody knows it. For everybody. (laughs) I got a note from a beautiful note from a listener. Um, and she sent me this note and, and look, not everybody can do this, but man, this is so cool. I'll write her back. Obviously I'll write, I try to write everybody back. I've got a lot of work to do. And since I'm going to be strapped on an airplane, I'll be able to do that. Um, dear Todd, and this comes from Donna, dear Todd, My daughter and I were able to attend Friday night, and yes, it was amazing. This is our event last week in Bothell. We were not able to stay for the Q&A. We so wanted to meet you face-to-face, shake your hand, and say thank you. I also wanted to tell you that I have my first telephone meeting with Soda Weight Loss on the 25th. I'll be drinking my bone frog coffee, Frogman, just the same thing I had this morning during the meeting. I also wanted to find Zach to let him know. I also wanted to find Zach Abraham to let him know how kind and helpful the people were who called me to set up my common sense guide. My first appointment is on June 2nd. I love Alan's soap. I received the gift set and will order again. I will continue to support the podcast and the sponsors wherever I can. God bless you, Todd. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. 
I sent this to my brother, Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management, partner. Our, we, we, we really try to create partnerships with folks rather than, than sponsorships. And Zach is, is so thrilled that you wrote about him as someone you wanted to reach out to. He's anxious to speak with you guys. I can't make this more clear. Um, if you have 100% certainty that you're set for retirement, that would mean that you're prepared for a market drop. You're prepared for a bond implosion. You're prepared for any in all scenarios. That's hard to do. If you've done it, man, my hat's off to you. It really is. I salute you. Are you sure you've done it? I would ask you to take an advisory phone call with Bulwark Capital Management, who is absolutely focused on risk management. Okay, that's their obsession. The 60-40 stock bond mix, Zach will tell you that's over. I intend to have Zach on next hour to talk about this in the World Economic Forum. In the, the zero risk environment they've set up for the banksters, it's over. They don't have any risk. It's all on us. So do a portfolio check with them. Call them at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. If you're on the other end of the spectrum and when I ask you, hey, you ready to retire? And you get nervous, well, call and find out. Because if you're not, the Bulwark Capital Management team will do everything they can to get you there. Again, it's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative at Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Thirty-four minutes, six minutes left. So it always comes down to the inanimate object. It's not the high use of cannabis that it sounds like he had. Um, it's not the ignored implied threats. Uh, it's not that he was putting up on Instagram, um, randomly messaging people that he had these guns, the people he doesn't know, hey, look at my guns. Why are you sharing with this, this with me? Oh, you're going to be sharing this soon. And this is again from the Epic Times, great reporting. Oh yeah, you're going to be sharing this soon. You're going to be, you're going to be showing this to your friends. You're going to be making me famous when we're not going to say his name. Yeah, it's, it's none of those things. It's not that there, there has to have been trauma in this murderer's life, alleged murderer, pardon me, lawyers. There has to be. Or he was, or he was possessed by demons and trauma can invite that, by the way. So can no grounding in faith. So can no community. So can fake relationships online. Oh, less than five minutes left. When he entered the school and began shooting, Imagine that the first gunshot, it took a lot of people seconds that you hear it and you think, was that? And then you hear the others and then you hear the screaming and you realize, dear God, it is. When the people came to shoot up the windows of our classroom where I worked, they were driving through the playground in a car, shooting at the windows with a shotgun. Crazy thing, crazy thing. Uh, 
I ran out. There were kids on the playground. I ran out there. And someone said something like, you're not. And I ran out and I got the kids and picked them up in my arms and, and ran them inside. And those people were not making any attempt to, to shoot me. They drove in and they drove out. They blew out the windows in the school. And I got back in. Someone said, I can't believe you went out there. And I didn't, didn't even register. I went, I went, what? That you went out there? I did? Yes. You just ran out there. Oh, I guess I did. When I heard the shotgun blast, I'm like, what? That's really happening. Then, then, then he began murdering people. And, and someone, and probably a bunch of people called 911, and well, later we're going to hear the phone calls. And, and of course, the police are going to roll. And they're going to go in and they're going to, they're going to take this guy down. And the people inside who weren't yet murdered, in, in their minds, in their human psychology, I, I, I know that there were prayers. And why didn't God stop it? I don't know. I have no idea. The people who know the Lord are in heaven now know why he didn't stop it. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to say, hey, how many tortured souls are out there ready to do this so that later the media can talk about guns? How profound are the mental health problems that the party has created and how are they going to manifest across the next decade or 20 years since they didn't let babies grow up naturally? But the people who weren't yet murdered, you know what else was in the back of their minds? That the, the police will come. We're going to be rescued. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, the, the police, the people, the party wants to have a monopoly on force, never went in. They never went in. He shot people for 40 minutes. Ultimately, also according to the Wall Street Journal, there was an elite team of Border Patrol agents nearby. The same ones who, of course, are evil, racist murderers who hate Hispanics. They went in. And they took him out. 3907. 3911. He was still shooting. The murders lasted for 40 minutes. Until the evil Department of Homeland Security agents went in and neutralized him. And then the killing stopped. May the Lord God comfort the families. May he speak into the hearts of the cops who cowered outside. May he speak into the world that he alone is the way. The Lord Jesus, 40 minutes.